I was doing a lot of bad stuff, man. And something really was like, stop. And I think that was what made my grandpa's spirit come from that other realm just to tell me, it's like, don't do it. And as cliche as it sounds, the love that you have for someone, it doesn't disappear, bro. All right. The day that I never thought would come. Is it recorded? Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) You might be live right now. Well, thank you for having me, man. Of course. Thank you for reaching out and being here. I, I would have had you on sooner if I if I would have known better. Yeah. Well, you know, I keep blocking your number. Is that why they're not going? That's why it turns green? No, that's because I got an old-ass uh, Samsung. Oh. The... Here's, uh, here's the first time being at your place. May my feet bring you luck. It's an old uh, Caucasian saying. And um, bless your father's soul, memories. It's lovely to have a photo of him. Appreciate my favorite photo. It's a good photo, huh? It's dope, man. Yeah, it's uh, I, we actually, I'm actually talking to Gary now about recreating. You can barely see the hat, but I'm going to talk to Gary about recreating that hat for me. Yeah. I'd like to sell him, you know, make uh, money off my dad's death. Yeah, well, yeah. listen, <laughs> if not you, who else? <laughs> well, like, right, talk about 9-11, and it's a whole other pigeonhole, but that's not why we're here. What happened in 9-11? It was the Yankees lost. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to our boy Gary Lelly from Flushing. Yeah, he's a meth fan. He's a meth head? A meth fan. Was that hockey? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and shout out to the Rangers. They just won 6-2. But uh, this isn't a sports podcast. so No, it's not. So I don't know what it is anymore now that you're sitting in front of me. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> I know we briefly spoke about what we're going to speak about. Uh, but I, did you want to start anywhere in particular? Because I feel like that we have a few different channels to cover. Yeah. Um, well, I have to say why I wanted to come on uh, to come on to your podcast. I hate podcasts. Okay. I, uh, I, you know, I just don't like talking on, on the record. You know, I've been to too many depositions and I don't like it. <laughs> but yet you're a stand-up comedian. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, man, I never knew how powerful this podcast was and I never knew how, um, like it's intense and it's, and, it, and it's, uh, and it's beautiful. Well, recently I had a dream and uh, you were in it, and I woke up, and I was like, "Why is why is Ferujo in my dream?" And then I just saw a story that you had because, uh, like, I would I would see clips of your podcast, Dead Talks, and then I listened to Penny Whit Whitodder <laughs> Penny Whitbrot Whitbrot. Yeah, but there's yeah. a lot of T's that, and D's, and there's a, there's a couple of D's that shouldn't be before the T's, but you know, yeah. But she, that was a very that's a hell of a, that was your first time listening to the show. First right? time listening. Yeah, that's a hell of an episode to start off with because that was a very intense, intellectual, deep conversation. Incredible. You know, we we have a lot of um, mutual comedian friends, and we always hang out and we always break each other's balls, and it's always joking and everything else. But I've never shared that I get visions. I get visions and, and I have dreams where my dead relatives have come and they have told me things that w- would happen. And uh and I'm like, you know what, man? I, I had a sign and I was like, let me let me ask him. Let me let me let me go on a podcast and I don't want to tell you much before the podcast. I just want it to be raw. I want it to be honest. I want it to be uh meaningful. Yeah, I appreciate that. So that's why I wanted that's why I'm here. Yeah. And I mean there's a lot to unpack there. And that's why I d- I think it was fun not to dig in too much. Like you gave me a snippet, but I, I like not knowing because I don't know what the hell it's going to. 
even without this conversation, I never know where the hell it's going to go with you. Yeah. <laughs> but now that you just add a whole extra of fla- a level of flavor here. So well, this you, is going to be uh, l- less offensive. Is it? Yeah. Uh, less offensive is still offensive when it comes from you. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe that's the name of your, pro- your new podcast. It should be called Less Offensive. Less Offensive, yeah. It's got a nice ring to it, but that's impossible. So, <laughs> so, de- so your dead relatives, your past relatives have all been a part of your visions or are so your I'll visions? What's this. going I'll on I'll start now? with this. I'm born January 1st. New Year's baby, Soviet Union, last generation to be born in the USSR, or one of whatever. I have an older brother and a younger brother. Very close, but I start having memories early on, maybe two, three years old. And I've always felt something very close to me missing. We, we come to America, I'm seven years old, and, and it's around my birthday, and I have a dream where this girl who is my age... Blonde, curly hair, pointy nose, blue eyes, is uh, playing with my face, caressing my face. Very familiar. It's one of my earliest, earliest memories. So familiar, this face. And I go downstairs and I, and I tell my mom and, and my grandparents about this dream and they start crying. I'm like, what, what the fuck are you guys crying? They go, we never told you, but you used to have a twin sister. She passed away when you guys were one, one and a half. You guys had like central nervous system problems, whatever, premature, she passed away, you were deformed, you had many sicknesses and you survived. And then, uh, you know, my mom, she's, she's, um, she's psychic. She, you know, she was a surgeon in Russia, but she's always had extra sense with stuff like that. So she, she kind of started talking to me about, you know, intuitive powers and everything else. And that's the first time when I realized that I had this connection with the other world. I'm sorry, how old are you when that first happened? Seven years old. Seven. Seven years old. We were in North Hollywood. And then they never they never really spoke about her because my mom, she always wanted a daughter. And then, because there's always photos of me wearing a dress. And I'm like, I'd look back and I was like, why the fuck am I wearing a fucking dress? She goes, yeah, your mom wanted a daughter, so she'd make you wear a dress. And I'm like, you know, I could have made me turn into a tranny as an adult. Like, that's that's what happens when you fuck around with shit like that. And, and my mom was like, you know, relax. Don't be a pussy. <laughs> By the way, audience, this is uh, Fanta being less offensive, just for anyone listening, but go on. You know how it is. Gender dysmorphia, whatever <laughs> no, the no, fuck these people call no, it. I was actually, that's the first, not that that's what we're going to get into, but it, it did have that thought. I was like, if that, I wonder how much that has an influence on I mean, obviously, I don't think that's a just a just choice you make most like at most of the time, in regards to your sexual preference or anything of the sort. But I wonder how much of that could have had an influence. Well, no, I've I've done a lot of research where they do cause that because a misperception of what gender is when you know when kids are raised by the what kind of depends on who they're raised by in one environment. Are you saying it can or that's what it, it, it does? Of course, it does. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. If I'm, I mean, if you're taught that at a young age, I'm sure it has an effect. Well, yeah, that's why in the last, since it's become a phenomenon in the media and and, and this culture, that's why there's so many um, on the spectrum kids, mostly females, autistic, who have identified as boys just to be accepted in their community. And there's many, there's an incredible clinical psychologist, you know, Dr. Deborah So, she's been talking about it, Jordan Peterson. These are all clinical. I used to work with like nonverbal autistic high-functioning kids, and they would, you know, all the stuff that in the classes they would talk about it because of stigma or whatever you can't say that it's like how the fuck how the fuck is all, all of a sudden this is so popular in the last four or five years so and it, it does actually it does do that 
It does whenever you treat your fucking boy or a girl like, oh, you're a boy, you're a boy, or or whenever you're you're extra, whenever you're very masculine with the girl, the girl's gonna be like, oh, I'm fucking tomboy, and then they have no idea what the fuck. You have all this retarded teacher saying, yeah, 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 maybe you should. Maybe you're not a girl, maybe you should. So of course it fucks up with the kids' minds, especially when they're so um, easily manipulated and easily affected when they're on the spectrum and, you know, they need extra care. So it's like, oh, I have to be more accepted. It's all, I mean, it's all statistics because it's usually the percentages, it's boys to girls who are, who think they have to transition or whatever the fuck that is. Boys to girls. It's mostly boys to girls. Then what were you saying about mainly girls on the spectrum? It's, it's, it has been like a, a huge increase from autistic girls, young girls. Got it. And especially when they've passed laws in California where a psychiatrist is not allowed to legally tell someone that they have gender dysmorphia to go see a therapist. That's a law. That's a law that they've passed in California. I didn't know that. Four or five years ago. That you can't legally tell them that you have gender dysmorphia. And then you have all these other medical, whatever. It's like they're, they're, it's, 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 they're, they're pressing, they're pushing this thing. And, and they, they, you know, I mean, I, mean, has, I don't want to talk, you know, this is. Let's go back to when you had a dress on and what happened from there. Um, uh, kind of lost sidetracked pretty heavy there. No, no. I mean, it's, 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 uh, every, everything has to be, every, everything has to be spoken about. Every, everything has to be, has to come to the surface so people can be aware because the reason why people are, are, are afraid to admit one thing are afraid to say one thing is because if you don't stand up for what's, what you believe truth is, then everyone is like, oh, I don't want to say this because it's going to offend these people. And then it's just, it, it just rolls over the, the, the incorrect information, incorrect knowledge, incorrect patterns roll over and it, it fucking hurts more people than helps. Yeah. I think that's the problem in regards to when we're talking about just stifling people's speech in regards to this opinion, even if you don't agree with it, like people could say some messed up things. If anything, I think dialogue helps more than hurts. And again, we're trying to suppress people from saying things, but I think more dialogue, whether you oppose or don't oppose, only helps figure something out as opposed to stifling it. Right? Absolutely. That's why you have this uh, whole uh, Russia-Ukraine situation where they remove every Russian news channel from every Western media. They sanction any, they, they've removed every Russian achievement. They don't, they've banned Tchaikovsky from concerts. Everything is because they don't want you, you to know this perspective. And I'm from the Soviet Union. Whatever's happening in Ukraine is completely opposite than what Western media and what the U.S. is saying. It's completely opposite. Everything that they've said about, oh, they've bombed theaters with kids in them, or they've bombed um, Holocaust memorials. Incorrect. False. Just no resonant. It's that never venture. happened. Mm-hmm. But they've, but they, you know, oh, they've, they've, they've blown up the nuclear radiator, the uh, ghost of Kiev, that plane that's been. No, they stopped talking about Ukraine. Why? Because Ukraine is losing. Because Ukraine has chose to, to, to join the European Union, to join NATO and have these bio labs and to go against the, 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 uh, the sovereignty and autonomy of Russia. The same thing as if Russia had put bio labs and missiles in Mexico or Canada, what would America do? In Canada, they removed uh, RN, they removed every, every <clears throat> perspective from the news, from all, every type of media, bro. I get shadow banned if you tag Russia or Putin or anything. It's like, how do you erase the second largest military, the biggest physical nation in the world? Well, they're doing it. That's why it's like everyone who has, it's all these bots. Everyone's like, oh, support Ukraine. What are you supporting? What are you supporting? What are they supporting? 
Well, you're supporting a country that's the only country that has incorporated actual Nazis from World War II into their military, into their military reserves. How do I know I'm from Ukraine? My family was very powerful people in the Ukraine in uh, political society. I come from a very powerful family. Gorbachev didn't want my grandfather to leave because he wanted to be the president of either Ukraine or Armenia. That's, that's the family that I come from. Like my grandpa was involved in the Bay of Pigs. Like I have family that, are, that fought in World War II, that for World War II, everyone in the Soviet Union, everyone I know that have people that have, that have passed away. You know, America thinks they defeated, they won World War II, they defeated the Nazis. Incorrect. Incorrect because they don't teach you that. That's the thing I was going to say is that I, I didn't learn until I feel like later in my life compared to what I was taught about the World War, about how many people Russia lost. Not it Russia, it's Soviet Union. Sorry, Soviet Union lost. Yeah. It was like it was exponentially more than any other country. 500,000 Americans died fighting in World War II. Mostly, you know, uh, it's counting Pearl Harbor, Japan, Northeast Africa, um, uh, um, Mediterranean, you know, 30 million, 27 and a half million Soviets died. Russians, Armenians, Ukrainians. 27? 27 million. 27 million. Should we fact check that? 100%. 100%. <laughs> no, I'm not going to do that. I'll do it later. Anyone, I, I, I knew it was north of 20 let, for sure. So let I'm, them, I'm just any one of your listeners, message <laughs> yeah. me that anything I've said wrong yeah, about crazy. trans, about aut autistic, about, about Ukraine, that's happening right now, about Putin, about World War II, about uh, any of that. So my grandfather is the main character of the story that I'm going to share with you. He was the most important person in my life, in all of our lives. He was the main patriarch. And four years ago, he died five years ago on Christmas Day in my arms. And we buried him on January 1st, my birthday. This is how, this is how crazy it was. I was at the comedy store and Dane Cook was performing. And, and that was the, and my grandpa had um, terminal cancer. He had lung cancer. And um, we were all taking care of him. And I had a feeling. And I had just gotten a new car. I got a Honda Civic. And uh, I had a feeling I called my mom. Because I'm about to go up in the belly room at the comedy store. My first time at a show. At a comedy store. Big show. And there's, everyone's in the fucking. In the club. You know, there's three different stages. And I go in my new car. My new car that I just got. Less than a thousand miles on it. And I'm turning it and I'm, I put I put on drive and I'm trying to, and it's not moving. So at that time, I'm familiar with signs. Like, okay, so the, the main thing in my mind was my mom and the situation. So I'm like, let me call her. It's not that like random. It's like over time, I've, I've garnered knowledge on how to deal with these signs. I get certain signs sometimes. So I call my mom. I go, mom, is everything okay? You know, uh, she goes, yeah, everything's fine because she knew how to show. I go, all right, but I still have this feeling in my gut that's like not, something's not right. I was like, mom, is everything okay? She goes, no, it's not okay. You know, I think you should come. He does, you're not looking good. Fuck this show. The comedy store can suck my dick. All these, all these comics can suck my fucking dick. Yeah, I've been doing this for six years, every day and day and day now. I sacrifice, I've, I've sacrificed everything for this. This is my grandfather. So I go home and he's not looking good. You know, he's, you know, he was a very, he was fat, you know, you know, beautiful, light blue eyes, white hair, you know, and he lost fucking, he was like maybe 240 and he was like 80 pounds, lung cancer. So I take him to the bathroom, would bathe him and everything else. And it was very difficult, man. He's a very incredible person. He's a, he's a character, like he, you know, he's in the history books. You know, he knew, he knew Oswald's wife, Oswald who 
supposedly killed JFK. His wife was a train conductor in Minsk, Belarus. People don't know that. People don't know that. Like, he, he was a very powerful person, man. So I'm sleeping that night, and my mom, she starts panicking. She goes, hurry up. You know, he's, he's, you know, he starts, you know, having a seizure or whatever. And then I, she's calling the, the fire department or whatever, and, you know, I have my, I'm giving him CPR, and he's, you know, I'm not going to say whatever happens while he's doing it. You know, he's like having a convulsions. So all of our family, you know, they're all ready. They're all coming. They all came to the hospital. And um, so they, they, keep give, they, they keep reviving him. But the doctor comes in and he's like, hey, man, um, we keep he, like his ribs are broken. And he's, he, he, his brain is, is done. Like you guys have someone has to um, someone has to uh, pull the plug. And everyone is like panicking. Like everyone is panicking. My mom is the strongest person in the world, bro. She never got phased with anything. My cousin got killed. She never got phased. My brother got shot. She never got phased. I got stabbed. She never got phased. Like my brother got, you know, 15 years, 20, 15 years to life. She never got phased. But her father dying and, and us having, she just broke down like a little girl. Everyone's crying, bro. And at that moment, no one wants to make that decision. And I, 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 and my cousin had come, he's a, he's a brain surgeon. Even he doesn't know what the fuck to do. So I go into the, into the, in the waiting room and I'm filled with adrenaline, you know, and I just immediately get so exhausted. I just lie down on a couch like this, knocking on away from the house, whatever. This isn't away from the hospital, any situation like that. And I knock out, bro. I knock out and my grandpa wakes me up. My grandpa wakes me up. He goes, hey, no one's going to pull the plug. The thing is going to go off again. I'm not coming back. Tell your mom, stop crying. I'm not coming back. No one's going to pull the plug. I'm going to go by myself. Okay. And immediately, thing goes off. Ding, 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 ding. As I wake up and I tell my mom, I go, mom, um, Yura Pop. You know, his name was Yura and we called him Pop. And the doctor comes in, he goes, so we, we, you guys have to make a decision. We can't keep compressing him because his, all his ribs are broken and his brain is, is, and I go, mom, you know, grandpa came and he said this and everything. And she well, quickly, I said everything. I go, he just said, came to my, he said, don't do nothing. He's, he's gone. And then the doctor was like, he's like, yeah, he's no, no need to pull the plug like that. And my mom stopped crying like that, bro. I was filled with adrenaline, so much fucking adrenaline. I don't know what the fuck to do. I have to stay strong. I'm the man of the house. He just passed. From that point on, I mean, is that that was the, is that the first uh, main figure of your life that you've lost at that point? No, 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 no. I've had. He's the most important person. He was the he was the meaning to my life. My cousin was murdered. I had my friends were murdered. I mean, I grew up in a gang environment. Yeah. You know, I'm the only one to not go to prison in my family. My brother went to prison. My dad went to prison. Not my grandpa. My father's side. They all. You know, so I come from my father's side. They're all organized crime. My mom's side, you know, they're doctors, civil engineers, uh, naval engineers, very, you know. So how do you, so being around all that stuff and then you lose someone like that in your life, I can't relate to that background, but I feel like there's a level of toughness in your family or just from seeing and dealing with what you've dealt with. How do you cope with that? I couldn't. I couldn't. I did a lot of bad stuff. So you, things got worse with your actions? Yes, yes. I mean, it took me two, three years it was so hard. I didn't even speak to my mom for one year. We just couldn't speak. It was just so difficult. 
We couldn't. We couldn't show weakness. We couldn't show. It was just, yeah, man, I, I started doing drugs. I started drinking. I started, you know, doing a lot of foul stuff, you know, because I was already in, you know, kind of established open micer comedian. And, uh, but when my grandpa was like, hey, you know, who am, am I trying to impress? So I go all out, bro. Like I get, you know, well, I can't say, you know, but, you know, I went back to that active life. You know, my, you know, friend come in and go, hey, man, you know, this happened, whatever. And I got some, yeah, well, let's fucking let's go handle it, homie. Like I, I wanted to die. I wanted to die. I was, I wasn't going to commit suicide. Fuck that. Fuck that pussy shit. But like I wanted, you know, I was like, fuck it. What the fuck am I? I'm, I might live my entire life just for him. So, you know, I, all the pent up anger, frustration I had, like I stopped doing comedy because I did, I did a, I did a show at the scene. It was like a ghetto ass bar in Van Nuys. And, uh, you know, I was like roasting this dude's girl. On stage. On stage. Yeah. And I went to the bathroom and some shit, these dudes came They're like, Hey man, we didn't appreciate it. So we just started like, I start socking them out. Like, fuck this whole comedy shit, homie. I went to gangbang mode and, you know, people are like, what the fuck you doing, bro? So, you know, I was like, fuck comedy. I'm, I'm done with comedy, bro. Fuck all this shit. I'm going, I'm, I'm going back to making money. And, uh, and, you know, and then I had people come in and I, you know, I was, I'm not a fucking retard. I was like, calm down. But that's how I dealt with it. It was very difficult. It's anger and lashing out? Everything. Everything from years of pent up, like, you know, go to school. Don't do what your brother did. Don't do what, you know, just you're a good, you know. But that, that's in the future. So when my grandpa passed, so now we have to get his, uh, prepare him for, for the burial. And, um, you know, in Armenian culture, you have to do all that within 40 days. They say within 40 days in apostolic Christian culture, uh, you know, the soul is here for 40 days and then you got to do everything. Within 40 days or? You know, they say 40 days, the soul is here. And then after 40 days, you got to go. And they meaning Armenian culture or is they this they? It's Orthodox. Orthodox. Orthodox Christian. Greek, Russian, Ukrainian, Orthodox. So during that time, my, my older brother was in prison and there was a, you know, he, he already had strikes. He's already, you know, like, you know, a known gang member. It's a very bad prison in California, level four. And that means, you know, it's like riots. They're, you know, it's like they, they pushed the politic line hard, race wars, politic line hard. The smallest thing could erupt in, you know, madness. And, uh, and my younger brother, you know, finally got out that street life and was in Santa Monica College wanting to go to UCLA like I went to UCLA. I went to UCLA, you know, dropped out of law school. And uh, I, I have a cousin, my cousin Tina, she was engaged to this guy. She was about to get married maybe about a month or two months from, from that point on. And I wanted to beat him up. Whatever it was, I said, as soon as I see you, I'm going to beat the shit out of you. So I wasn't talking to my cousin's side of the family. So one time I'm, I'm sleeping and... I have a dream and I'm, I'm sitting next to my grandfather on our, in our, in our backyard and I'm crying and I'm, I'm, I'm smelling him and I'm touching him and it's so real. It's so real. When my grandpa was alive, I would always joke with him when I was a kid. I was like, when you die, come tell me what happens when you die. And he comes to my dreams and he's smoking just how, but he, he, he looked like how he was before he got the cancer in his Adidas tracksuit, you know, smoking and his smell, his texture. Everything, everything was exactly how it was before. 
And I go, I go, you're up, is this a dream? He goes, yes, it's a dream, but it's also real. I go, what do you mean? He goes, he goes, uh, don't beat up your cousin Tina's fiance. They're not going to get married. Don't upset her. She's the only sister you have. And I go, what do you mean? He goes, okay, I'm going to come again. I go, are you going to come again? Because mom, you know, we're having such a hard time. And he goes, hey, I'm going to come again. I'm going to come again. I go, so what happened when you died? You know, what happened when you died? He goes, all of our family members, they came and they greeted me. Your grandparents from your father's side, my mom and everyone, they came and they greeted me. They welcomed me into the afterlife. I go, did you see Miriam, my sister? He goes, no, I haven't seen her yet. She's very far away. She's working, but I am going to see her soon. I'll tell her you said hello. Ah. What the, f what is it? What? <laughs> I don't even know what to say from that. What are you going to say, bro? Look at the way you're dressed. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, is, is that one of the first time, is that one of the first kind of experience that besides, I know you told the when you were seven, but have there been a lot in between before that? Nothing like that. Nothing like that. Nothing like that. Him coming into my dreams was a huge thing of understanding what this concept of reality was. So I, I wake up and I, and, I, and I tell my mom all these things and she starts crying. She goes, why doesn't he come to my dream? And I go, he says, he says these things. He told me these things. And I woke up and I wrote every single thing. And a few days later, he comes to my dreams again. And I said, Yurapa, thank you so much for coming. And, and I told mom, he goes, tell her it's, it's okay. Tell her it's okay. Tell her it's okay. He goes, hey, don't upset your brother, Michael. You know, he's having a hard time. Don't upset him. He goes, uh, and at that moment, he said he looked at me. And now I'm, I'm, I'm not crying as much because in this realm, in this dream, I understand that, all right, you know, fuck it. The first time, you, you know, you're crying and everything else. But I go, now there's, and I, and I have the wherewithal to know that I had the dream we had this, so it's like continuation of a... Right, you're almost lucid. I don't know what that word means, but yes. <laughs> yeah, okay, you're, you're just... I used to date a girl named yeah. Lucid. Albanian chick. Muslim. Really good. This just Her beautiful. brothers didn't know. Okay. <laughs> so it's a continuation of that dream. So it's not like... He goes, when, I, when you bury me, bury me with my reading glasses, my handkerchief. He had a lucky handkerchief because he always read. Always read. And our dog's necklace. He, he loved our dog, Jekka. He goes, I want to be buried with that. Tell your mom and your aunt I want to be buried with that. Oh, and, and in that dream, he said, tell your brother, everything's going to be fine. Tell your brother, Michael, everything's going to be fine. As soon as I wake up, I'm ready to tell my mom. I get a call from my mom. My mom says, hey, because I would always break my, my brother's balls, Michael. I was like, hey, how you doing, you fucking cocksucker, whatever. He goes, well, I'm a fucking older brother. She said, hey, don't upset him. He didn't get into UCLA. Don't say anything mean to him. So he gets an email from Santa Monica College to say, hey, you didn't get accepted to UCLA. So, okay, I get mom. I just had this dream and she starts crying again. She goes, what? what? If he comes, tell him, why doesn't he come to my dream? I go, anyway, he said this. He wants to be buried with this. She goes, okay, okay. So obviously, I'm, there, there's a lot, you know, the whole, you know, her dealing with it. I'm telling her handkerchief and everything else. When I'm saying, okay, I'm just summarizing days and, I have another dream, maybe, I don't a week, two weeks, and then he comes again. But this dream, my older brother is waking me up. My older brother comes to our house, runs up the stairs, wakes me up. My older brother's in prison, doing a lot of time. 
And he says, you up, Abbas here. He wants to talk to you. And I go downstairs in my gym and, and it's my grandpa. And my grandpa was not looking at my older brother. He was upset at my older brother. I'm like, Yura, up. And my older brother's name is Yura, Yuri. I go, and I'm sitting next to him. And I go, why, you know, Yura's here. Look, I can't believe Yura's here. He's, he's in, he goes, he's going to be fine, but I don't want to talk to him. I'm upset at him. Because there was a riot that happened. And it was a very bad riot. And they were going to add charges to my brother. And another charge is going to be life. You know, I don't want to mention the prison. I don't want to mention, but it was like, you know, all, you know, like real, real shit. And he said, I'm not going to come for a while. And he said, you're, you're going to know that I'm here. And uh, it's, it's good. It's good. He goes, it's, it's good. It's good. He goes, sure, normal. Everything's going to be normal. And I didn't see him for maybe until during a burial. Let me skip forward. Maybe a month after, I'm just skipping because it's, Whenever my cousin had changed the wedding plans, her fiance had a fucking panic attack and this fucking pussy just fled. I don't know what happened. Wedding got canceled. Exactly as your grandfather said in your dream. So is that the first like vote of confidence affirming what like the conversations you've had? The first one was my brother goes to a seminar at Santa Monica College. Maybe it's like a hundred, hundred, fifty, and then at, it's at the scholars program. And the guy speaking, he goes, "Hey, so there was a glitch in the system. A lot of people got emails that they said they didn't get accepted, but in reality, they could have gotten accepted." In this fucking seminar, he lifts up a paper. He says, "For example, this one kid named Mikael, he gets my brother's admission." He says, "This person got an email." He said he didn't get accepted, but he actually did get accepted. My brother's raising his hand. He goes, oh, we're not taking any questions. He goes, no, no, I'm dead. He goes, you're Mikhail A? He goes, yeah. He goes, congratulations, you got accepted to UCLA. <laughs> no way. Bro, you understand I'm not lying. Like, I'm not making this shit up. Yeah. My, my brother graduated UCLA. My younger brother, I'm not, had, does, doesn't happen. He has the email that says, no, you didn't get accepted. He has the other email says, oh, you did get accepted. And maybe months pass after that riot. They put my brother in the hole and uh, no one snitches on what happened, you know, because it's Southsiders versus the blacks. Southsiders are like Mexicans, anyone that has a 13th, any Southern gang versus Northern gang, Northern Mexican gang. And they side with the blacks and Asians and then the whites and Southern Mexicans and gangbangers, Armenians, whatever. Anyone that, any gang member that has a 13, they all link up. Huge riot, huge riot. Motherfuckers got stabbed fucking to death stabbed to death that's how prison is bro at that level ain't no fucking progressive oh i don't see color it it doesn't matter at that level your skin color or else the other people gonna fucking stab the shit out of you no questions asked i need another drink brought to you by glenn living (laughs) (laughs) don't go to prison (laughs) or else you will come out a racist Jesus Christ, man. So what, so what, I mean, I'm sure, I feel like the story obviously continues, right? How about you not interrupt your guest story? Well, it was an intermi- is a commercial. I don't know There's what a commercial, I don't know. I've commercial. never done these. It's okay. You're doing great. Liar. You fucking liar. Yeah. I'll tell you the truth. Absolutely. What kind of book is this fucking? What are you even looking at? It's like, a children's book. Yeah. Well, I, she, was, she was a guest on my podcast. You got children on the podcast? Children's authors. Okay. Terrific. Shout out to Patrice. Wait, no, this Patrice is fascinating. So all this of course it's fucking all, fascinating, bro. All this bro. is coming true. So what, what does this do to you? 
Well, let me tell you about my brother's situation first. Okay. So first the college, the riot. My wedding, bro. It's my fuck. The only sister I have, the only cousin, female cousin I have, bro. I, I told her fucking with all the respect if she's listening. I hope she listens. Now she has a beautiful family, be- great husband, loves her, beautiful kid. But her previous fiance, yeah, I mean, it's no secret. I told him it's, it's on site. But you're going to beat him up until you had the dream. I was going to beat him up regardless. Yeah, my mother, you know, I mean, at that moment, I didn't believe. I don't want to retroactive. I've never seen him since. If I see him, I'm going to slap him. I mean, if I've, I've gotten older, wiser. I got 20 minutes of new material. I'm a happy person. So anyway, bro, my, uh, they want to charge everyone, and especially my brother, because he's a known gang member. He's in charge, you know, whatever the fuck that. And they know no one. And they release him. They said he's he's not coming out for another 20 years. He just gets released because no one snitched. No one snitched. Okay, so day of the burial comes. And um, it's 40 days. I mean, no, it's maybe two weeks or a week. I, I'm not exactly sure about the autopsy and everything else. And we go to Forest Lawn and they put the handkerchief, my grandfather's reading glasses and my dog's necklace that he really loved. And the thing about my grandpa is uh, my grandpa hated funerals so much that he would always play pranks during funerals and no one got upset at him because he was just a solo kid that didn't have, he lost seven sisters and brothers. They all died at birth or at a young, it's just, it's a very, kids die in my family, knock on wood. So people, you know, he was just a very fun, everyone loved him. You know, he was a very powerful person. You know, he was in charge of all alcohol production in the largest, most influential city in the entire Soviet Union besides Moscow, Odessa, Ukraine. Odessa, Ukraine is where organized crime in the Soviet, in Russian started from. And he was in charge of alcohol production. Alcohol in the Soviet Union for Russians, it's like water for fish. (laughs) Okay. Very, very powerful person. So he would always, when his friends would die or his friends' fathers would die, grandparents, he'd always play pranks. You know, he would always, what do you call it when there's like a group of musicians playing when they're like a very big orchestra? Orchestra. He'd always like, one of the stories is one of his powerful friends had died and he, he can't handle sadness. And, and you know, the conductor's waiting for them to lower the body before he starts. And then right before the conductor, he would just jump in front of the orchestra and do something and then the orchestra would play. In the wrong time. <laughs> like, yeah. And he would always do something like and, that. And so and it was good. No one minded. Well, no one could do anything because he was also a very influential person, but he was a very caring person. He was very funny, but also you can't cross the line with that person. Like he's not doing, he just, he's always been doing that. So we're moving his, the casket towards the, the, the burial ground and the priest, you know, it's like like an old, you know, Russian-Armenian priest. He's really getting on my nerves. He's not really taking, you know, he's like, and I don't know what happens. And we're, it's like a downhill part. And this guy, he says, make sure you're holding the casket tight. And he slips, hits his foot on a, on a, you know, the the, the grass thing? Sprinkler. Sprinkler. Uh, hey, I mean, bro, I'm, I'm, I'm with the thesaurus. I'm here. Bro, English is my fifth language. All right, <laughs> no, fucking help me out. I'm not judging. I like this. I'm, I feel useful. Yeah. <laughs> And then he's about to fall face first into the fucking thing. And my cousin grabs him. Like he, and it was like a very clown fall. It's like someone tripped him. I'm pretty sure my grandpa had something to do with it. But I, 
I that's just something that I'm like because everyone would talk. My grandpa was yeah. one was the things known. I've never seen anything like that in my yeah. life. I've been to fucking funerals. <laughs> The fucking main priest when he goes, Hallelujah. Oh, no, no. This motherfucker hits the sprinkler. You've never been on Forest Lawn, you fucking cocksucker. Like, listen, you've had you've had way more experiences than I have, but I remember a vivid moment of my life of me. I was thinking about my dad, like just thinking about him very, very deeply one time, and I tripped. And for, for whatever reason, it was intuition. I felt in my head whether I made it up or not. I think you have a little more proof on your end with the visions that you've had. But I instinctively remember, like, I, I felt I was like, that was my, I felt like my dad just fucking tripped me in that moment because I was in so deep thinking about my dad. It was like getting like in like a dark place and I got tripped. And immediately, my first instinct wasn't like, oh, I just tripped. It was like, whether it was or not is irrelevant. But my, just relating to what you were saying, like, I, I get it on my own personal perspective level. So if anything, that's, is that, isn't that kind of comforting? Very comforting. But a comfort is a major sign from that realm of them communicating with us offering comfort comfort is a form of is a form of act that they can so whenever i have signs um it's a level of comfort and confidence that's the main thing that i know to call you hey i want to do this podcast hey i feel like this is going to be a good podcast hey one of the signs i had that you know your listeners your 13 listeners don't know is you tell them which side to be on in prison well, you can't change that. It's none of my, you know, is I said this podcast in my, in my vision, this podcast is going to be very, very big and you're going to buy me, I'm going to buy a very big house. You're going to sell me a very big house. Now at this level, I'm not, I don't make, I barely make any comedy, any money doing comedy, you know, but in my vision, I saw that we we're still friends 10 years. So 10, I saw 10, I saw 10 in my vision. 10 years, this podcast, you're making a lot of money from this podcast, and I'm making so much money where I buy a big, expensive house from you. Now, this, is, this isn't everything I've said could be verifiable. Hit up my younger brother. Hit up my older brother. He's a fucking G-Face. He got fucking music coming out. You know, he's, he was signed to the game or some West Coast rappers. He got, hit up my younger brother. Everything I've said, hit him up. This is something you normally don't talk about. I'm talking about the story you just told me, your visions and all that. It's something normal haven't really disclosed too often. How close are we? Me and you and we have a lot of mutual friends. Know, like, We're very like close. Like six feet? Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm having a good time except your haircut is really... That's why I'm wearing a hat right I know, now. If I know. watching on YouTube, he can't, even, he can't even see my hair. So he's just trying to, he's trying to the views right now. Well, we've hung out maybe every other weekend during the fucking pandy, during the lockdown. I, did see, I saw you more then than I did now. Yeah. But we stay in touch. I mean, we 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 used to hang out every weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Never mention any of these things. That's what I'm, that's my. I, then again, like you have closer friends than me. I'm aware of that. My question is, we're not friends. We're acquaintances. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Temporary podcast no, no. friends. We're friends. So my point is, like, when it comes to you not sharing this stuff, how many other things don't you share? For instance, like the loss you've experienced, the crimes I've committed. <laughs> okay, well, statute of limitations, that, Papa. That makes sense. Yeah, but I'm saying like this stuff. Like, why? What hold? Because you mentioned before you and your mother. I don't want to go back too much, but you and your mother had like a year where you guys weren't discussing after the loss of her father and your grandfather because you don't want to show a sign of weakness. So discuss- there's many, many more. But is this, is talking it out a sign of weakness? Yeah. Is that why? No, you- no, no. It's just we. It was just it was just unbearable talking about it. We couldn't even look. It was just unbearable, bro. So then, how do you heal? Just otherworldly power. I was doing a lot of bad stuff, man, and something really was like, stop. And I think 
that was what made my grandpa's spirit come from that other realm just to tell me, it's like, don't do it. And as cliche as it sounds, the love that you have for someone, it doesn't disappear, bro. The woman you're making fun of, the book right by your knee? Yeah. That's, she wrote a book called The Invisible String, which is a beautiful children's book. And, and The Invisible String is essentially love. Even when someone passes, as corny as that sounds, it's kind of beautiful and alludes to what you're just saying. How is it corny? I'm just telling you, my grandpa came from the afterlife, told me to not beat up my cousin Tina's fiance. And I'm talking about The Invisible String, which means love is invisible and it, it carries on regardless. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. But also the reason that I'm probably on here is because I think that people are so destroyed from this lockdown and from this global thing that I've said, you know what, maybe I should tell someone because it might help one fucking person because that that two podcasts, it made me change something that I was, I was like, I'm stuck on this. I'm never going to tell people about this whole spiritual shit because, you know, check my stuff out on YouTube, Bonafonto, all that stuff. I'm very funny, very hilarious, very offensive. Going to be one of the best comics of all time before I die on sunset like Sam Kennison. But I just had a feeling. I was like, people are lost, bro. Not only people are lost, they're lost within themselves. That's why everything is a fight. I fought to survive. You fight within yourself, with your doubts, with your fears, with your hate, with the love, with the confusion. You fight. Only the strong survive. And I just want people to know that this, this spirituality, talking to the afterlife, it's not just some woo-woo, some weirdo in a cult, like, bro, look at me. And again, it's so real that if you diverge and you leave that space, you don't see it. Because, you know, it it was a long time I couldn't deal with that. I was like, so how would I, I, I'd be afraid to go. And one time I went to my house and I saw that someone was walking on the second floor and I knew it was my grandpa, but I was scared. I was scared to go up because my, I, I was like, I wish I want to see my grandpa. You know, I would cry. I was like, let me see my grandpa. And someone was walking on the second floor and I was like, then go up. What do you mean someone was walking on the second floor? Someone was walking. You know, I, I, it, we, we had who, a, who was it? I'm, I, I, it was my grandpa. That's what you're saying. You're saying you think it was your grandpa. It was, okay, no one was there. No one was there. I okay. was the only one. Just, no one was there. No the one was there. And I was afraid to go upstairs to check. And I didn't forgive myself for a very long time because I was like, maybe, maybe it's because of that that my grandpa didn't come again for a very long time. I mean, it was walking and it was right after he died. And I, and I, and I, was, I was yelling. I was like, Yurapap, Yurapap, is that you? See, the thing about you specifically saying stuff like this, I, if there was anyone in my life that I would be confident in just calling bullshit, and no matter what it is, like you're just, you, you're fantastic. At the, you're just fantastic in so many ways, but you're just... You're who, you you don't pretend to be anything else. You're Fanto. You say what you want. You're confident and all that stuff. So I feel like you wouldn't just be blowing this steam up someone's ass. So if it was for, to come from a better person sharing stories like this and to make it truly feel like there's something else out there, whatever the hell it is, and these experiences meant something, I don't think there's a better person than you. Because from me knowing you and the, and more people hopefully continuing to know you when they do, it means even more coming from you. Because I could talk to someone else in front of me that's telling me this shit. Like, hey, I don't know, maybe. But from you, it would, it's hard, it can't call, it's like, okay, this sounds, it sounds even more real than it would from anyone else I can see talking to, if that makes any sense at all. Because it's you, because of your personality, the way you call bullshit, the way you just say things, like you're just, you're just Fonto, that, and you haven't spoken about this, like it's clearly coming from something deeper.
It's clearly coming from And that's exactly why I wanted. I mean, it's it's it means a lot coming from you, man, because you're one of my. What's your name? Uh, <laughs> what was your name? Uh, placenta. <laughs> my, my, my my maiden name's Lucid. I just can't handle whenever there's too many fucking compliments. I feel like. <laughs> yeah, learn to accept it. Say thank you. I've learned that after a while. You say it's easy to put. Why, it, accept, the, accept the compliment. Why can't you start Stop screaming at me. I put your feet down. I have my input. I, I'm comfortable. Yeah, I'll you, sit on the grass. His feet are not even touching, <laughs> touching the ground. My feet are up right now. That is exactly why I wanted to do that. That is exactly that. That closed from seeing that to telling you that. And ex- you've said you said that in such a lovely, complete way that I'm, I'm good. And that's because of that. I don't give a fuck. Bro, I know that's I don't why give it's a so perfect. Fuck. Anyone agrees with me? Anyone doesn't agree with me? Suck my dick. Yeah, don't don't do it. But but I mean, hey, yo, you know, I don't know. Because this world, we are we are going to a place where if the people do not believe, they need to fucking wake up. I don't know what in what whatever way, but know that there is a connection. There is a fucking connection. I'm telling you this exact, I'm telling you these things, the, the, these four or five things. The most important thing for me was when he said how he was greeted by every one of our family members that had passed. That is, I go to sleep knowing peaceful. And he said, I haven't seen your sister, but she's far away. So there's a distance in that existence. It's not just motherfuckers flying in heaven. Oh, oh. No, it's just another level of existence, except we don't have the capacity to understand because we have to be here. I think most don't have the capacity to understand, but then you have a, might have a heightened sense. Certain people, maybe like you too, have a certain hyper- Yeah, but uh, I don't know what, what they're doing. You don't, but, I, but I, it, the fact that you're saying there is a connection, if anything, I think if there was a way for us to, to realize that, I think it should shift the way we live our life. It's, it's like, the fuck are we worrying about? You mentioned it earlier before we were speaking. Like when you listen to the episode of Penny, and man, you kind of like, I don't know, maybe I'm making these words up, but reprioritize what's the distractions or what's going on. Just made you focus on what's important. Because if you think about it, if, if, say that is true, and a lot of people don't believe it, and a lot of people do believe it at the same time, like whatever's next. Well, whatever I'm saying this, you, you're correct, but it's not just, I remember when she said, just everything's going to be fine. That's also not true. Whatever I'm saying is because there is destiny and then there's free will. You cannot say God or my destiny or whatever. Oh, everything has happened. No, I, I I can't be recognized. I can't be a famous comedian. I'm not doing it for the fame. I'm doing it for the recognition. If I'm just going to be like, oh, I'm going to be, no, you have to sacrifice. I, I haven't read the Bible, but I don't, or all of it, but it's like, it's you can't just be like, oh, my God came to know. These people went, they only say, they just stand there and be like, oh, well, um, th- things are going to happen. No, you have to go and live your fucking life. Is there horrible fucking stuff happening in this life? 100%. But what are you saying? So you're saying go live your life, meaning against, like, when people talk about destiny, like, oh, like, it's going to happen. But there's anyway. also free will. Like, you right, can't right. just be like, oh, whatever's going to happen, that's going to happen. No, absolutely not. So you're saying, is there a perfect blend of both? I don't know. I'm not the one. I'm just to say what, 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 what do you per- think? Because perfect doesn't, doesn't exist. But I'm saying, what I'm saying is it's like, this happened because I have no idea why it happened. I can think because so. So I, we wouldn't destroy our lives and because he loved us so much and everything else, sure. But it's also, our brains cannot understand the concept of, you can only understand everything around you by the senses. You, you can only understand the languages, what's happening by the languages that you know. 
right? So there's so many wavelengths that we don't understand that's happening. Maybe there's people, maybe there are, your, your father is right here, bless his soul. We just can't see because we're not meant to see it. We're just meant to be in this reality. But there's the five senses and there's faculties. There's like, you know, intuitive. Many, yes. I think there's that to, to maybe acknowledge the reality, whatever the fuck that is in front of us, the material world. But then there's the faculties of perception, imagination, intuitiveness, which is maybe why you're tapping into certain things. Yes. The most important is the material world. We're in this life. There's things before we were born and there's things going to be after. We have to enjoy this. This is fun. Because I would always drive around and be like, ah, you know, my grandpa and I can't wait until the afterlife. And it's like, nah, bro, what the fuck? Go enjoy. Go have McDonald's ice cream. Go get your heart broken. I, I don't have the answers to how, how some people are born into a hell and then some people are born into, but it's the reality and there's no unknown and unknowable from the alchemist. That's the only thing that stood. And it's like, I'm just telling you that I don't want people to come in. And, uh, the, the whole meaning of this thing, I believe, is love and everything enjoying. But, you know, there's also shit that happens. But it's like, you have to enjoy it. You got to enjoy it even through everything. You have no other choice because you're going to fucking die sooner I mean, you or later, have a bro. You have a choice to be miserable if you want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what, I mean, it's easy, it, and it's easier to be miserable. So my point is, like, it, it, we got to enjoy it. I'm, it took me a long time to get to a point where I'm still not fully enjoying everything, but I'm starting to enjoy the shitty things, if that makes sense. Like, in the moment when bad shit happens, wherever it is, like, it's how terrible it is. But when you take a second to realize the way you look at it, it's like maybe this, when you said you would enjoy everything, you can enjoy the shitty things, as weird as that sounds. If you just look at it like, oh my God, okay, what the fuck am I learning from this? As opposed to why is this happening? Why, like, all the negative Try, there's so many ways, negative ways of trying to understand it when a shitty thing's happening. When you're in the middle of a shitty thing and you look at, okay, what am I trying to learn? What, what am I going to learn from this? Maybe that's the enjoyable aspect of those negative shitty things. 100%. So Much easier said than done, but. If, if anyone is listening to this and they go, hey man, I'm in a very bad place and I'm, you know, I have a history of being fucking molested and, and my parents committed suicide and, you know, that one girl I was listening and it's like, my suggestion is definitely believe that there's a higher being. Definitely do something spiritual that you haven't done before. And that's coming from me where I have, I had a, I was two years old and I was trapped in an earthquake with my grandfather, December 7, 1988 in Armenia. There was a huge earthquake. Most of my family members died in that entire fucking building. The only people that survived was me and my grandpa because our dog Gina saved my life. So I was born in that. Jesus, you're saving this for an hour and seven minutes into yeah, because the Because it's too much. <laughs> it's too much. Jesus, man. Okay. December 7, 1988, there was an explosion that caused an earthquake because that city, you know, they say the Kremlin did it because it was the end of the Soviet Union and, you know, it was in Lenakan and my mom had just dropped me off from Moscow and then she had to go back to her to her place and and everyone, everyone died. And you were in that building. I was in that building. And my grandpa forgot that I was in the crib because my grandmother had elephantitis. And elephantitis is a sickness where your limbs are get so big that you can't move. So my grandpa forgot about me and all the fucking things were falling, crumbling. And he took my grandpa out and we had a dog named Gina. Gina refused to get out of the building. And my grandpa realized that I was in the crib. My grandpa was a, my father's side, a big weightlifter. He picks me up from the crib 
and the building crumbles, the wall crumbles, and we're stuck under a grandfather clock, and they pick us up after 12 hours. What the hell? I was two years old, baby. And then they take me to, and they take all the kids that were that survived the earthquake, me, my brother, my cousin Tina, and her, and her brother to Odessa, Ukraine, for mental trauma treatment. December 7, 1988, Leninakan earthquake destroyed 1% of the city. That, see, that, that's about Jesus Christ, Fonto. This is like a, a whole nother level to <laughs> Of the fucking conversation, who said, you I've are. I've never mentioned anything. But you realize how, how much of an event like that controls who you are without you even knowing? Of course. I used to freeze when I saw construction until I was nine years old. And then they sat me down. They go, hey, listen, stop being a pussy. December 7th, 1988. What, what was it? Earthquake. I mean, it's coming right up on the search. Yeah. Look at the photos. Jeez. You were in this? Yes. And they made a song. Um, they made a song. Charles Aznavour. Um, all the famous Whitney Houston, Mariah Carey, they made a song called Save uh, the Earthquake. They made a, a whole thing. Um, who's the blind musician, black blind musician? Um, Stevie Wonder. Stevie Wonder. They all made a huge track for- What was it called? I don't know. Say December 7th, uh, uh, Earthquake in Armenia soundtrack that Mariah Carey, Michael Jackson, and everyone fucking made just to get to, to, to make money for- to help rebuild the city that they still haven't rebuilt now because of the fucking <sighs> give yeah, me fucking that, emotion are you kidding me yes it's ridiculous yeah bro i've never said this to anyone bro we didn't have we, we didn't have like three what i'm so confused yeah how about how about i have some respect and pour me some fucking yeah <laughs> sponsored by glenn levitt <laughs> <laughs> we covered every 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 potential section of conversation right now. I said a lot, bro. But that's the beautiful of honestly, that's the cool thing about I'm very honestly, I mean this in the bottom of my heart. I'm very grateful that you came on here to speak about this. And, and it means a lot that I mean you'd even be comfortable speaking to me on this, let alone put this on the public light. The granted this isn't live. Well, right you're now. gonna put this up. <laughs> We've been streaming the whole time. Hell yeah. yeah. No, but I mean, I appreciate you doing this because absolutely you, man. you have, you have a, a crazy, crazy and like an interesting way like the the life that you've had is just so you wouldn't know unless you have these conversations like i could i could we could have continued our friendship for x amount of years and when the hell does this come up only if it, if you like it's not a conversation that you just that comes up and the fact that you shared it in this depth my gut is i trust you and it's not about like i'm not gonna fucking trust you with some shit i'm just saying you're a good person i know people who are bad people who bully people who manipulate people and you're the type of person that they would not come to you because you're just a good fucking person. Now, so far, I always say so far, but it's like, I n I've never, it's like, even I, I was talking to myself, I was like, why do I want to do the podcast is because it was so powerful. And I just, I follow my gut. Fonto, I might have to have you on again, to be honest, because I feel like there's so much more to uncover. But uh, <laughs> you make me nervous, excited. You make me laugh. There's a lot going on in this episode and I really appreciate you being here. Fonto, uh, I'm going to add everything on like the description and all that nah, shit. For it doesn't matter, you. bro. It doesn't matter. But if you want to drop, I'll put it on down there. Wanna, wanna dot Fonto? You have like 12 Instagrams. Because I, I keep getting shadow banned and blocked. Why do you keep getting hacked though? Why, if you're getting blocked, why are people starting fake Because accounts? I say you can't force the vaccines on people, bro. Oh, we're not going down that route right now. We, 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 we're good. We got prison. We got gender dysphoria. We got... Yeah, we started place. with trannies immediately. You started with that. Yeah, and, hey, because... Hey. I went down the rabbit hole. It's okay. Guys, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Dead Talks. We got Fonto over here. Me. And uh, more to come. You're going to see this Come guy to my comedy video. shows. I'm a regular at the Hollywood Improv. Laugh Factory, I got shows all around town. I do a lot of stuff in New York. Just follow me, man. Tell me what's up.
Where, tell, do, they, where do they follow you? Uh, I got a website, fontocomedy.com, but I'm still, I need someone. If you guys want to make my website, I'll pay you, but not too much. And then Wanna, W-A-N-N-A underscore F-A-N-T-O on Instagram. I'm shadow banned, so you have to type all of it in. I also have my YouTube channel, W-A-N-N-A-F-A-N-T-O, and my TikTok and all that, man. Come to say hi, man. I'm a, I'm a, I'm, I'm a, I'm a good person, man. I'm the future. Fuck with me. He's fantastic live. I supply. He's got my co-sign 100%. Thank you. I have to see you. I haven't seen your show in a while. Anyway, I'm, I'm going to come to another one. And guys, thank you for tuning in to another episode, Dead Talks in the Books. 